Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our show. Today, I have a special guest joining me, and I'm super pumped to introduce you to Matthew Gentile, who wrote and directed the new film American Murder, which is based off the true story of con man Jason Derrick Brown. So, Matthew, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, I wanted to know with this case of Jason Derrick Brown, how did you come across it? Like, have you always been into true crime? Right. Well, uh, all the above. So I first learned of the case uh, when I was 14 years old. Um, Before I wanted to be a filmmaker, I actually wanted to be an FBI agent. Love that. And I used to go on the FBI's website, FBI.gov, and I would you know, peruse the top 10 fugitives list with the hopes of helping them catch one. Yes. Um, you know, just a dream I had. And, you know, of course, around this time, I was also into movies and, you know, figuring that out. But, you know, in 2004, uh, the crime that's at the center of American murder took place. Uh, Jason Derrick Brown robbed an armored car guard and took off with a bag of $60,000 and never been seen or heard from since. And he became an FBI top 10 fugitive pretty shortly around that time. Um, I remembered seeing a picture of him on the FBI's most wanted list. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty interesting list because at the time you had Osama bin Laden, Whitey Bulger, all of these you know pretty menacing criminals. And then a surfer dude with spiky hair from Southern California with a red hoodie, just something about him seemed off didn't seem like he fit the bill it was kind of a it was almost like this guy doesn't quite fit in with the rest why is he on this list right and so i saw that image at a young age and it it kind of made its way deep into my subconscious cut to you know many years later i want to say all over a decade i was i graduated from film school at the afi i was kind of in a place where i was struggling to figure out what my first feature film was going to be and, you know, I'm a, I am a true crime junkie. I watch a lot of different shows on Netflix and Hulu and a lot of true crime documentary series inspire me and get me, you know, give me ideas for movies or screenplays. And, uh, you know, it just so happened it was 2018 or 2017 and I was, you know, kind of struggling as a filmmaker trying to figure out what my first movie was. And, you know, I, I was at a time where I was like, what, what could my first feature be about? What would it look like? Um, you know, what, and for a film director, first feature is kind of like your ability, your rite of passage, you know, so to speak, you know, passing the bar for a lawyer, you know, getting your degree as a doctor. Yes. Like, that's yeah. the first feature. So I was kind of struggling to find that right vehicle. And then all of a sudden, one day I was at the TV on American Greed on CNBC was playing. And Jason Derrick Brown's face just hit my television full screen. Uh-huh. And I could see this, like, the spiky hair, the red hoodie, the blue wall, and the image just came rushing back. And I remembered him, and I remembered the crime. And I started to watch the program and just was really fascinated by the story. Now, you know, yes, the crime was interesting, an armored car robbery, okay. You know, but then really see it's about a con man. Well, that's really interesting. I love stories about con artists. Yeah. Um, but then to really see what this man did and how he meant so many different things to so many different people like here he was he was a monster and a murderer and a sociopath for what he did but he was also loved by many people who really seemed to have different views of him and and the recurring thing that kept coming up was how did this guy do this mm-hmm. <laughs> you know this yeah. this guy was not nobody saw it coming and that's a you know common thing in these kinds of stories so 
I just felt there was a really interesting story there about the dark side of the Amer- the American dream, family, you know, uh, all the stuff that, that interested me as a filmmaker. And the more I dug into it, the more I realized this was a story I wanted to tell and spend uh, years of my life trying to make. Yeah, I think that's incredible. I love it. I think a con man story is always interesting because I always wonder, like, how do they get away with it? Like you said, like, how do you pull this off and have all these many faces to different people, even in just regular, like, you know, a tell as old as time, like someone who murders yeah. There's oh, it's never black and white where it's just like this was a bad person that was known. It's always people love this person, like that these people think he's a great friend. The very first case I worked on was a man who had gotten away with murder for many years and someone else was wrongfully convicted for the crime, whatnot. But I ended up talking to some of the now convicted murderers friends just through social media to get an idea. And that was one of the very interesting things. Like you said, all these people have this different view. And most of them told me he was a super cool guy. They really liked him. And so I like that. That like really drew you in. And just the con man stuff really does get me though, because I could never. Yeah, me neither. And, you know, I, I think that's part of why audiences, you know, because we love con man movies, you know, that they've been around. Like, you know, oh, yeah. Me if you There's can. been like some great ones. Yeah, like you can Catch Me If You Can or The Sting. Like, these are movies that, like, you know, are pretty big in our culture. Like, we're not, we're not talking about small mm-hmm. movies here. Like, you know, movies that, like, people know and, or The Grifters, even. And yeah. These are, and, you know, I think there's a fun in watching the con. Because we all know there's a part of us that I think we're, we've all we've all been a sucker before. Everyone's always been taken, you know. Yeah. Um, and right. you know, to to pull off a con is a really like, it's a very difficult thing. Um, and there's an art to it, and there's a way these people, you know, and so, certainly with Jason, you know, and something that I talked to the lead actor about a lot was we talked about him being like an actor, but we also talked about how he was, you know, and this also came from the people I spoke to who knew him, you know, with, with this magnetic personality who can make people feel, you know, so loved or, or whatever it was they wanted to feel in that moment so that he could get what he wanted out of them. There was a part of Jason that would like right. that would deceive himself so that he could do these things. And that's really interesting to me. So yeah, I think it's, you know, at the end of the day, and I mean, everyone makes movies, anyone who makes movies makes them for different reasons. But for me, I love human behavior. That's kind of what drove me to, you know, filmmaking. And, you know, Jason was just a fascinating character who I wanted to explore. And that's a huge thing in just the true crime genre is like being attracted to figuring out and diving into that human behavior, which is why this show is great for people like our listeners, because that's what we're all like seeking out. Like, why did these people do this? How did they get away with it? Um, And then with that, you just mentioned you talked to some of the people who knew him. Yeah. Um, When I first started writing the script, I really approached it like I was a journalist. And I came from a journalist background, actually. um, While I was in college, I worked at New York One, Channel One News, which is New York City's local news station. Now I'm back from it. I had had a great job there. I, I loved it. And and I also worked for the Charlie Rose show. So I, I had, you know, a pretty journalistic 
packed college experience, but I really always wanted to be a filmmaker. And I was kind of just doing those jobs to get closer to film. Right. Um, but I learned a lot from that about how to interview people and how to research and the importance of that. And I brought that over to my, to my filmmaking and my screenwriting because I mostly do true stories. Um, so okay. that said, I also do films that are based on true stories. So I want to, you know, every interview I've done for American Murder, I've kind of come, you know, cleaned the beginning and said that while this is based on a true story and there's a lot of factual information that I used and consulted while writing the script, there's also a lot that I made up to dramatize it because very rarely does, real, does a movie play out like real life and vice versa. Um, right. You know, and I always say like in the artistic sense, I pursue emotional truth, but not accuracy. So there are things that definitely were made up in American right. Murder. So let me just get that out of the way. Um, now, in terms of, you know, researching and interviewing people, yes, I did conduct interviews. I, I you know, and my research is very deep dive. I really wanted to, you know, because when I make a movie, I want to really, you know, I'm creating a world. Just like when you do an episode of a show, right? You're creating, like you're, you're immersing your, your audience. And right. for you podcasters, it's, it's harder, I think, because you have to do it all through your voice and through directors. First of all, we have a lot of tools. You know, mm-hmm. We have visuals, we have dialogue, we have this, we have that, we have story. You know, we could really pull you and take you around. So yeah. what I really wanted to do with um, American Murder was really create Jason's world and do it with as much authenticity as possible. So I began by just researching everything I could. There was so much written about Jason publicly that I was able to get my hands on. Um, I got photographs of him, videos of him, uh, throwing a, bo- a party on his boat and you know pictures he took in front of himself flaunting in front of vehicles. And I was able to really use those and, and, and have my team consult them when we made the picture. But, um, you know, I also met, I did meet people who knew him. I've, I don't name them just cause I don't want to out them. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. A couple of them are portrayed in the film, um, or are composites of people who are portrayed in the film, but I was able to get a lot of anecdotes. And one thing about the movie, as you've seen and, and your listeners, hopefully will see is, um, you know, the film is structured in a way, a bit like a true crime documentary, uh-huh. um, in that, you know, Jason Durkin is the main character, but you're actually piecing the story together through the FBI agent played by yes. uh, Ryan Phillippe, Lance Lysing, who's kind of taking you through and he's interviewing people and they're all giving different perspectives of Jason. Yeah, which I've loved that about the show, the different perspectives that you give and then the flashbacks. Love a good flashback. So it is. Yeah, totally and this well. movie is all flashbacks, you know, because you're seeing him from all these different perspectives. And, you know, because in a way that kind of came from a place for me of, watching shows like American Greed and people talking and, and me being like, I, I want to see that scene right now right. in my head. Well, with a movie, I can go do that. Yes. You know, I can go, I can go put that scene up on its feet and uh, get great actors and, and really, and really play. And I think, you know, there's a real bit, there's a, cause you know, true crime has really taken off in your field, podcasting and in documentaries. Yeah. It's huge, but in narrative film, I think there's a big, 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 uh, untapped market because i just you know not that i'm a business person but you know just for me like you know these movies don't cost a lot like american murder did not cost a lot to make oh cheap movie it's made it's made for nothing we made this movie it's my first feature you know um it looks more expensive than this but yeah i can't say exactly much cost but it was made for very very yeah it looks great um thank you yeah so i mean it's just like yeah i think there's such a good opportunity because true crime movies they don't cost a lot to make you know we don't need special effects we don't need right creatures tearing down buildings we just need people 
great actors and you know that's what drives me to the movies is like watching great roles um, unfold. Yeah, I think it's also a great way to get the story out there in a case out there um, because it really draws people in, like you said, being able to have all the scenes and like really visualize them. Um, I think it and you're right. I I can't think of a ton of true crime based movies. As you said, there's lots of documentaries and things like that but for an actual movie yeah there have been some great ones but i do think yeah there there's an opportunity for more so i'm trying to write them (laughs) yeah no i absolutely love that so this is your very first film that you wrote and directed how has that experience been yeah it's my first feature film so you know i made a lot of shorts before this but this is my first yeah my debut Uh as they say um Right. It's been incredible. I mean, you know, I, like I said earlier, I started writing the film back in 2017, 2018. I, you know, with no inkling of when it would get made. Um, you know, it went through a lot of false starts and stops. Um, the movie was optioned and moved around different people and producers and companies. And then finally it landed at the right ones. Um, Traveling Picture Show and GG Films. And, you know, we were developing the scripts yes. where I was working as a, screenwriter um in 2019 um i was like kind of going through the development process where i was like learning to take notes from producers and and, and get feedback and all that and then after about a year of that we decided we were ready to finally cast the movie and it was march 10th of 2020 (laughs) so it didn't really look like the oh cool right into covid (laughs) you know i just was thinking to myself i don't know when this is going to get made i don't know what you know the world i don't know where the world is and 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 all that i had been lucky that i was i had work as a writer so i was like okay well i could just hope in my apartment and write but i really you know we've been wanting to make this movie for like at that point we were like two and a half three years into this thing right you'd put all these years of your life into it yeah you know and i just i just kind of said to myself and I had a team who was committed to the movie and was really excited to make it with me. We all just said, we're going to just band together and, uh, you know, zoom every day and work on the movie as if we're shooting it tomorrow. And that's what we did. And for, I love that. For nine months straight, like all I did was storyboard and shot list and budgeted and, you know, figure it out and figure out how we were going to do it, figure out how we we're going to cut every corner and, you know, get right. the done right. And, you know, cat. and then, Sure enough, we got really lucky in the summer um, when Tom Pelfrey, who um, your listeners may know from Ozark, um, he played Laura Lenny's brother, was very acclaimed off of that role. Uh, he came on okay. and signed on to play Jason. And once Tom came, then came Ryan Philippe to play the FBI agent. And that really kicked us off. It was this amazing cast. And before we knew it, yeah, so- we were off and running. I mean, we ended up shooting the movie in December... 2020 in January 2021 wow and like such an incredible cast for your first feature film um side note one of the podcasts I listen to every week they're called true crime obsessed they're kind of funny but they recap documentaries and the guy is absolutely obsessed with Ryan Ryan Philippi so I thought that was funny when I was watching I was like oh there he is he talks about him all the time so (laughs) (laughs) He's a great guy. He was really, he was such a pleasure to work with. And he was just, he's, I mean, Ryan, you know, it's funny. He's been around this business for, he's been acting in movies for like almost over 25 years. Yeah. Which is crazy to think. Um, right. So that's 
close to my age. Um, and it looks like yours too. Yes. Yep. I was like, I couldn't believe that he's just been around this long. And cause he also looks so good. Uh-huh. Yeah. He does. <laughs> but he, he's such a pro and, um, you know, I, I was nerding out with him asking him all about these amazing directors. He's worked with like Clint Eastwood and Robert oh Allman and yes. Tony Scott. He was just, yeah, very generous and uh, generous as a collaborator and just a really, I couldn't say enough positive things about him. He's just great. Which is so great, great to, to meet with. someone that's been in the industry that long, that's like humble and kind and yeah, so is going to go through that with you and so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So with filming, you told me that you guys filmed all of it in Salt Lake? All around that area. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were... All around that area. Mostly in Salt Lake. We... We had a couple days in Lake Powell. Oh, so the right love way. Lake Powell. Like, yes, that is like one of my favorite places on this earth. <laughs> one, we had one day in Lake Powell. Um, short of that, where we filmed the bow party okay. scene, we did a national park scene where Jason's character famously was conducting target practice and shooting paper in the desert. So oh, okay. it was actually really funny because we was the first day of filming <laughs> and we filmed in, in December. So it hadn't snowed yet. Uh-huh. Um, and then it did snow when we went to do the scout of the lake after we had chosen that as a location. We go to do the tech scout, they call it, where you go and make sure, you know, the camera people can go. So we get to the lake, and it's covered in snow, the whole park. Uh-huh. And we're like, what the hell are we going to do now? Because it's literally a boat party that, you know, Jason Derrick Brown famously filmed himself. Yeah, there can't be party snow. <laughs> girls in bikinis and guys in bathing suits drinking like playing flip cup and i'm just like oh my god like we can't film we're not gonna be able to film this and then the you know, the park we need a desk no. and it was covered in snow but then three days later we went back to film and it was all melted and it worked they were the poor actors were oh my like, 25 degree weather but they were great and they loved it. you're like pretend like it's warm out here just yeah, well, we have trips do what you gotta do they actually chew ice cubes um oh so that their, their breath doesn't show up um that's one trick and uh Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool to know. I love that. And as the director, you get to be in your sweater. Um, so. Yes, so you were nice and warm, <laughs> and that was when you did the Lake Powell part. So, like, yeah, I'm, um, it, we were filming through the winter. It was a cold shoot. It was a really, you know, it was a tough movie in that we had to do a lot in a short amount of time. You know, we shot the whole movie in twenty mm-hmm. days, which is not a lot for wow. Let alone a movie of with, with you know some some set pieces and action and yeah. you know robbery and all of that SWAT invasion it was it was a lot and we were like moving around a lot but you know it was great it was really a thrill ride and you know I was definitely stressing I lost like twelve pounds but just a month long adrenaline rush <laughs> that's pretty much what it was yeah it was really but no it was, it was a very special time I mean. You know, because we were, like I said, we were working in the thick of the pandemic before vaccines. Ah. So, you know, where people were still pretty much sheltered. Right. And it just was, you know, to be able to have this amazing cast and get to make art in a time when, you know, a lot of people weren't getting to do that was really, really special. I think everybody knew that. And you could see, I, you know, I've had people say you kind of feel it from watching the film that that when you learn that after. Ryan said that to me. Said to me. He was like, I think the energy of the crew just being lucky yeah. and happy to work comes through in the movie. And I think so too. We were, we were grateful to be doing something we were proud of, you know? Yeah. Just grateful to have human interaction and not be locked up at your houses. 
Yeah, no, that's incredible and so cool that you were able to do that. With making like a true crime film, was there a lot that went into it of just kind of like the ethics of it? Did you have to kind of research that? And I know I have to a lot and also I have to check myself a lot with the ethics and like what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. So like with presenting a movie, I think that would be even a little more difficult. So did you have this like rigorous process of doing that? And like, how did you manage all of that? Well, you know, I think, yeah, it's a great question. And certainly people have been getting in trouble lately. <laughs> it seems mm-hmm. like I was, re- I was reading right. Dahmer controversies and how that, show was so popular and that caused the victims to be upset and i i get i understand both sides of the argument completely because i understand the creators want to tell a story and i understand how the victims feel traumatized Mm -hmm. and you know i highly doubt any creator of any kind of content you know whether it be film podcast documentary journalism you know i mean maybe there are some really bad people out there but i think most people would never want to exacerbate someone's pain or trauma that right. they felt. And I think, you know, a lot of people in the world of Jason Derrick Brown experienced a great deal of pain. Mm-hmm. I know that from story I'm telling. Um, right. You know, so it's a fine line because, you know, again, what I'm doing is a work of true crime fiction, mm-hmm. right? I'm not, like, it's based on true events, but I am dramatizing it and I am making creative choices. And I know that, you know, what I do will probably not make everybody happy um that said i have i'm proud to we say, can't ever make everyone happy but yeah no i'm proud to say i haven't received uh any complaints from the real people um yeah, yeah. received much from them um jason's sister did watch it um mm-hmm. and was happy with her portrayal um yes that's amazing. i love that she's not as happy with jason's portrayal she said he was a little different than that but other than that i mean you know, I'll take I'll I'll take that as a good review from her. She liked the movie, which is all I <laughs> can, can yeah, ask. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I and I didn't speak to Jason's family during the making of the film because I didn't want my take to be too influenced by them. And the defense I used for that, most people understood why I, I did that, but the defense I used for that when someone asked me, like, really? Well, shouldn't you have? And I said, Well, if someone was making a movie about me or about Kayla Waters and they called your mother up for an interview. Your mother would give a very, maybe a very loving portrait of you, but not the most accurate, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my mom yes. certainly would be like, Matthew was a great boy and, you know, this and that. And so <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, you know, I didn't want that, like, being in my head while I made it. I really wanted to approach Jason to show him as the complex being that he was. Um, but, yes. Yeah, totally. so and I his family probably didn't even really know that side of him. Yeah, you know, like, we think we know everything about these people, and I would, you know, in real life, for sure, Jason's family knew him better than me. Like, I, I am a, I'm painting a picture of this guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not even doing a photograph. I'm, I'm painting a picture. So I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm doing an interpretation of him based on the facts. And, you know, no one really, you know, I think that's one of the themes of the movie and something I've been seeing in some of the think pieces that have been written about the film is that, you know, it's like, it, it feels like no one knew the real Jason Derrick Brown. And I think that just speaks to who he was. Right. Uh, going back to your question of the ethics, you know, yeah, I, I think if you make true crime and if you, or just true stories, and, you know, you, you make, 
you know, you do work based on real people. I think even if, you know, you don't contact the people or whatnot, which was certainly the case with me, I think that it has to be on your mind. You know, you have to be mindful of it. Now, that doesn't mean you let it govern you or send, you know, but I think, you know, you should be aware of right. what we're putting out into the world. Um, you know, and yeah. this movie, you know, is really a drama. It's kind of funny to me um, because it's been marketed a little bit more like an action car chase movie. Oh, uh-huh. Studio that's out. Um, who I'm grateful to for putting it out, but I, I always felt there was a bit of a dissonance there. And I know people who have loved the film and even like written good reviews about it have kind of said like, yeah, this wasn't what I was expecting from the trailer of the poster because it's not really, you know, American Murder is not an action movie. It's a, it's a drama. It's a character study. And I just think, right. and I think we do have to think about what we put out there. Like, I don't, I like, I don't really like exploitative uh, violence. It's not my thing. Yeah. I'm not saying there's something wrong with it, but it's just not, you know, there's so much of that out there. Like, let's show guns, guns going boom, 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 boom. And, you know, for me, I think you're trying to do. Yeah. And when we like tried to do, when we did the murder sequence in this movie, like, you know, we want to be as authentic as possible because this was a real person's life who was taken. So there is a responsibility you have when you tell that story, Um, you know, and Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there, yes, there, there is a lot to think of, and you know, there is definitely the question on set. People were like, "Oh, are you like worried Jason's gonna come out of the woodwork and like find you?" <laughs> because you know, we're making a movie about a fugitive who's not missing. And I've seen even some funny comments people write where they're like, "How does movie get greenlit with this fugitive out there?" And it's true. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Maybe I'm a little crazy, but yeah, no, I think it's no. Uh, it's like, hey. If you brought him out of hiding, that'd be pretty cool, actually, as long as you were safe. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, we'll, see. we'll see. But, uh, yeah, no, I think it's. I think you do have to be aware of what you put yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned, the Dahmer series, which there was so much controversy around that. Um, but I even... I, I watched it just to see what everybody was talking about. And I honestly thought that they did a pretty good job of making the victims the center of the story and highlighting the problems that were within that case. Um, I think obviously it's hard for anybody to like sit there and like watch a serial killer. Of course, it's disturbing, but I actually kind of had a different take than most people, I actually thought it was done pretty respectfully. But like yeah, you said, I, I think a lot of people fall on that side of the equation too. I actually had to turn it yeah. off. It was too disturbing for me. <laughs> because right. My movies want, you know, it's a one murder. I mean, it's called American Murder, which makes it sound yeah. more extreme than that. But, you know, it's not really like I didn't, I didn't make a movie about a serial killer. And I don't know, like Dahmer's so dark, like so dark that even I'm like, it oh. is so, yeah. It is really dark. It looked like the performance was excellent, but I think yeah. this is the thing with art, though. It goes back all the way. I mean, you know, even like, like you remember three years ago when Joker came out and people were flipping out, like, what is this movie? And oh. and then that fueled them all the way to becoming like the number one, I think, R-rated movie or whatnot. So, you know, or like, I used to... Okay, I don't remember people like flipping out. Were they upset about it? Yeah, people, I mean, I remember in, like, New York, L.A., I guess, where I was, mm. yeah, people, like, Joker was, there were all these think pieces on, like, 
is it a responsible movie? You know, is this guy's a homicide oh, really? maniac? And you're asking us to sympathize with him. And oh, I adored that movie because of that. It like it's, really yeah. put mental health, I think, like, it, which is so weird because it's not a true story, but there was like something that it highlighted just like mental health for me. And it was like such a portrayal for me to just sympathize with those people in general. Obviously, um, I don't, my empathy and sympathy ends with people once they commit murders and like heinous crimes. But I, there is an aspect of empathizing with people up until that point or the things they go through. So that's interesting on the Joker. I, I didn't really read a lot on it, so I probably just didn't see any of that. But I remember like being so drawn to it. There was a lot of like, yeah, building up to its release. Mm. There was a lot. It was, you know, it was, look, that controversy benefited it. Sometimes controversy, oftentimes controversy kind of right. helps, you know, um, it helps movies a lot. But yeah, I mean, you know, A Clockwork Orange, you know, when that came out, that was, you know, people were like, she can't do this. So I don't know. I think that's kind of similar with true crime now. People saying like, oh, we can't, you know, it's, I think that, you know, Someone like Ryan Murphy, you know, who's made a lot of shows, has every right to tell that story if he does, as long as he does it well and responsibly. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah. So, but I, but I also understand the victim side. So it's it's a te- it's a challenging thing that I think as true crime filmmakers, creators are going to be dealing with through all of our careers. How do we do this yeah. authentically? Like, like you said, always something that's like on the mind. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, I think if it's always approached with like the best intentions, then you're doing, you know, you're doing it ethically. Um, So how were you feeling leading up to like the release of this? I mean, this is your first debut film. Was it just like I would be like anxiety central over here? (laughs) (laughs) I was, um, you know, it was it. It was an interesting rollout experience because the first public showing of it was in Italy. Um, we had a world premiere at the Terramina Film Fest in, in Sicily. How cool. Um, I don't know if you watched White Lotus, um, the new season, I but didn't. it was all set Okay. There. That's... Everybody watches White Lotus. It's like, oh, that's... I've heard of it a bunch. Um, it's great. Highly recommend. Um, okay. But yeah, they filmed a new season there. So anyways, that's where the, the festival was. It was a pretty spectacular experience. Um, you know, Francis Ford Coppola was there with the Godfather 50th anniversary. And it's a festival that specializes in first and second time filmmakers. So, you know, it was, I was the only, we were the only American movie there. Everywhere else was from, like, there were two movies from Italy, New Zealand, Australia, and England. And that was it. So it was really cool to be there and, and world premiere to a huge audience in, a, in an amphitheater in, on the island by the water it was pretty pretty spectacular the screening there went really well and like such a surreal experience yeah and it was also subtitled in italian so we were really the first audience that was seeing it was not english speaking for the most part which was also easy really interesting and there was a press conference and all that and it was kind of funny because you know after the screening you go into a press conference and then you kind of find out in that conference how the critics yeah um and we just didn't know if it would, if it would resonate there and it really did thank which was great um then you know for the next few months we played 
a few other festivals. We played at one in Boston. We played a couple others in America. Then we had our, our Los Angeles premiere in Newport Beach Film Festival, which was great. And um, that one Ryan came to and like introduced the movie with me to the Q&A. And then it opened um, October 21st. It opened in theaters. Um, just a small amount of theaters across the... So cool. Here, like in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And then October 28th, it came out on streaming. And as of yesterday, it came out internationally oh, through Universal. So on streaming. So it, it's been a really interesting, nice, slow yeah. rollout. And the experience has been a total uh, roller coaster. It's been high highs. It's been low lows. Meaning like, you know, I've gotten tons of i've gotten a lot of raves for the movie i've gotten some awards for the movie Amazing. Um, i've got a lot of people love it and i've had some people absolutely hate it you know, <laughs> you know and, like we said earlier you can never please anyone i mean any bad review is like a stab to the chest because you're just like i mean and you probably feel it on yeah. a much bigger level than i do because like you literally put years into this but like any bad review it's like ow i put so much like heart and dedication into this like don't say you don't like it try not to read definitely try not to read yes. my advice them. but everybody them, you know and look fortunately for us overall you know the majority have totally. been positive and and you know more than that though what really matters mm-hmm. is the audience yes. you know and audience scores of the movie were really high when we began like in, when it came out in theaters it sold Amazing. out in new york and la so and cool. got repeated we ended up playing theaters for four weeks and our audience scores on like fandango and all that were like sky high even when at the beginning the critic scores were and then they then they got risen uh oh. they rose through i through heard critic scores are so always it's been really, really hard to get so yeah yeah it was our now when we first started when we opened it screened for not a lot of critics, and they didn't like it, the U.S. ones. The Italian ones loved That's it. That's great. So that was kind of helping. Then the U.S. The US ones did not at first. And then like it, it kind of slowly started to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were, you know, so we had like really high audience ratings and low critics ratings, and it kind of even, you know, it basically all right. kind of evened out. Um, the audience scores always stayed high, but yeah, it's just, it's been interesting to see. It's been interesting to see how people react to it. I mean, after a certain point, I kind of decided, okay, you know, I, I, I now have to let this movie go. And, and, you know, and, and that's your, the real answer to your question is, you know, when you release a movie, the fact of the matter is it's, and when you release an episode of your show, it's not yours anymore. Once it's right. put out into the ether, like, there it becomes is. the audience. It's, yeah. It becomes and every you know, opinion matters. It's to, not every opinion matters. Every opinion is right. legitimate. So if someone doesn't like it, someone likes it, or someone loves it, or someone hates it, like that's their their right. They have yes. their right to do that. Um, but no, I, I feel you know it was crazy and just going through that for the first time of like you know people texting me being like, hey, I read this thing about you today. Congrats! And I'm like, what did you read? Or the opposite, like, hey, you okay, buddy? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like that was something new to get used yeah. to. For sure. Uh, but no, it's been great. I mean, I, I'm so proud of the film and the work that was done by so many amazing people. You know, mm-hmm. my cast, my team, who was in this journey with me for so long. And, uh, you know, to make the movie. And, you know, what I can say about the film is it's 100% the film I wanted to make. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I, this movie didn't get taken away from me or changed by the studio or any of that stuff you hear about. 
it really, I got to do my thing and say what I wanted to say and express it. And, you know, it's my first, so I definitely am, you know, starting to look at ways where I know I can improve and do better. But, no, I'm very proud of the movie and the performances, certainly. The actors, I just think, are so good in this. And yeah, you should be. It, like, it's just an incredible accomplishment in general just to put out a film like that's huge just the fact that you did it and then like you said you can say that nothing was taken from you and you created it the way you wanted to so just to like be proud of that and have that perspective on like you put it out there like you said you let it go love that perspective and like you did everything you wanted to with this first film of yours and then of course like you said as you go on I mean, as anyone goes on and grows, they'll change and improve. And I, I, I think it's great. I don't have any suggestions on improving <laughs> it. <laughs> you write me after. No, I don't. Yeah. no, I like, I really think it's incredible. It's a great movie. Like, are, and are you going to, I'm assuming continuing to write and direct is your dream. Are you going to stay in that true crime genre? I'm planning to, yeah. You know, I'm I'm right now, while we were, while I was waiting to get on this, I, I'm writing a new script right now about a bank robber um, that I'm very excited about. I have another script Amazing. I'm writing about a socialite who had her husband killed that I've been pushing mm. for a while that I, I either want to make that next or is my third. So, you know, yes. yeah, I have another true crime about a kidnapping in Texas in the 80s. Um, so you know, so my, crazy. Yeah, I'm those are. Dating, yeah, is all in that realm. Um, that said, I have been starting to get sent scripts, um, some of which are not true crime to like look at as a possibility to direct. Um, so you know, we'll see if one of those happen, and that happens, and then that might help fuel one of these other ones. Um, but you know, yeah, I love the genre. I do. I really love the stories mm-hmm. because, like I said at the end of the day, I love to make movies about people and characters. And yeah compelling ones and, and and these stories like this one i'm working on right now it, you know it's just he's a fascinating guy you know and he, he's a, mm-hmm. i just start robbing banks one day but he was a stockbroker you know and like that just fascinates me i'm just like huh you know i know like really learning these people i'm the same way i got i always have a problem keeping our cases like less than like just down to one episode because i cannot stop looking into these people and I'm like I have to share every single detail that I found I can't leave anything out because just figuring these people out is just mind-blowing because you know we most of us don't have like that mentality or um, you know we're not out there doing these things so it's so hard to understand how people get to these places so I totally get that fascination with it and then to be able to bring that to a film that would be really incredible. Yeah, no, it's it's really fun, and and you know, it's it's what makes the work interesting, you know. And yeah, I I, I totally see that. And that's part of why I wanted to, you know, I like coming on shows like this, you know, where you're you're doing that, you know, we're we're, you know, we can shine light shine a light on, you know, fascinating people who are dark and have secrets and depths and things yeah. like that. And I think that's. That to me is entertainment. You know? I honestly even think there's like, I don't know, there's knowledge to be had with um, 
like consuming true crime where it's like maybe you'll change habits in your life or maybe you'll be more aware. So even consuming it for entertainment, like you can make a positive change, I think, in the world or in your own life, as strange as that sounds. We all need a break from it sometimes. Maybe turn on a trash reality TV show to get your mind off of it. But in general, I think it can be beneficial just to um, talk about these people. I think so too. You know, I, when I set out to make this movie, you know, the que- I, you know, I, I posed the question, which was, can you take a human being who's rotten to the core, <laughs> which is Jason Derrick Brown, essentially, he's rotten uh-huh. to the core, and can you challenge an audience to feel empathy right. and whatnot? And then what you said earlier about like up to the murder, you know, then, and that's how I think a lot of people but by examining these things and putting them under a light, you know, we may never get closure, right? We always want to know why, you know, why I, I'm working with an author right now who just wrote a book about the Aurora shooter. Uh-huh. And I couldn't imagine a movie about that guy. Right. Right. Because it's just like, how do you explain it? Right. But she wrote a book with the psychiatrist who oh, okay. treated him. Um, and... Yeah, there's a lot to look at and see. And, you know, and I think if you can shine a light on these people, we come to understand them. Maybe then we can, you know, understand something more about them, where they fit into our society. You know, how do we deal with them? I mean, I have a lot of people say to me after American Murder, I've had quite a few people say, oh, everybody knows Jason. (laughs) It's like, it's terrifying. I'm like, huh, interesting. Jason, you know, maybe they don't go for the murder, but. Maybe they're yeah. on Wall Street or something, you know. Maybe they're you know slippery mm-hmm. or maybe you know whatever it is. And so I think, yeah, I think that's what you know entertainment can do. Ideally, yeah, totally. I do think like these dark minds, like Jason, are more prevalent around us than we, than like a lot of people realize. So you know, it's shocking that people say. Like we all know one, but it's also probably somewhat true. We do all know people like that, maybe on smaller scales or whatever. But it is it is very interesting to look into their minds. So I'm excited to be I'm going to be following along your journey with writing films and directing them. I'm excited to see more that come from you. Um where can our listeners access? I know they can get it on Amazon Prime because that's where I got it. So you can buy the show there. Um, yep, you can rent it on Amazon Prime, Apple, Vudu, uh, pretty much anywhere you can rent movies. Cable, um, so if you have Spectrum or DirecTV, I think all of those. Redbox, they all they all are carrying it. Um, okay. It's available on Blu-ray and DVD also if anybody watches discs. Um, but... <laughs> Fun thing on Apple, they have special features, but okay. yeah, I'd say your listeners, if this interests you, please watch it, and if you like it, please rate it on IMDb or Amazon or any of the apps, because it just helps. You know, the movie has been getting seen by people, which is great, but, you know, we are a small movie, so, you know, if you like it, recommend it to a friend, you know, uh, tell someone about it, write about it online, because it, you know, and I would say do the same for Kayla's podcast. Rank rank it on Apple. Give it five stars. I was going to say, podcast. yep, you're right. Ratings do help. I'm always telling them, rate the show, share it with your friends, 
So do the same for this movie. Go watch it. Yeah. Purchase it. We rate need it. <laughs> yes, I'm going to rate it. Absolutely. And then you're on social, right? Where can people find you? On Instagram. Uh, Instagram, Matthew uh-huh. L. Gentile. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook, I think. Uh, do you follow people on Facebook or just become friends with them? I don't know. You can Anyways, follow you them on Facebook because I have mine like very private. But for true crime stuff, I like people can follow it and that stuff's public yeah yeah you can follow me on face you friend me on facebook um and i have a website too where i update pretty regularly um matthew gentile director.com awesome well i will be directing everybody there go follow him on instagram (laughs) go to his website rate the show share the show make sure you watch it i i'm loving it so thank you kayla for having me thank you for making cool true crime content yes it was amazing 